Welcome to another edition of the What's What VR show. We've got two guests with us today. We have Renee Antoine and we have Susie Johnson. How are you guys? Excellent. Yes. Great. Awesome. Well, for anybody who's you know kind of under a rock and doesn't necessarily know, you guys are with March of Dimes, and we wanted to talk with you guys and just kind of see, you know, kind of check in what's going on, you know, what's, you know, the state of the union over there, how things are happening, and, you know, kind of what's going on in your world. So, but for anybody who doesn't know, um, I'm finding, you know, March of Dimes, I've known pretty much, seems like my entire life I've been aware, but yet we've got sometimes these younger kids that are jumping in and they just don't know what these things are. So, for the person who has no idea, somebody give me a rundown on kind of what is, you know, March Dimes. What are you guys helping with? March Dimes is an organization that fights for the health of all moms and babies. Um, we currently focus on um, access, equity, and prevention. We have a few different um, key focus areas for the health of moms and babies during pregnancy. So prematurity, babies that are born too small or too soon, um, as well as the postpartum period, the time after a woman conceives a child. So we really focus on health factors, access to care, and prevention of any type of lingering um, health outcomes during that time period. Sounds like a workload. <laughs> <laughs> little bit more than I'm doing in my regular day. So it kind of makes me feel worthless at this point. So, so tell me how, how have you guys been get, obviously, you know, this year has been just a punch for everybody, you know, has that been, you know, has it been busier? Have things gotten you know slower? Have you had some breathing room? You know, what's it looking like? I wouldn't say breathing room. Yeah. So, um, um, of course we would have loved it. Busier. Yeah, we would have loved it to be just a little bit busier, um, if possible, this year in a good way. Um, we've been busy with, of course, the pandemic and making sure that our donors and our supporters are aware that we are still here. We do still need their support. Moms are still having babies and it's very urgent. It's an urgent need. So we have been overwhelmed a little bit with making sure that we're able to continue the programming continue the research and all of the good stuff like that throughout this pandemic, because it has been a challenge, not just for us, but for so many organizations, both for-profit and nonprofit. So that's been a challenge, but no, we haven't had the breather uh, that you would think. It has still mm -hmm. been um, really busy and um, something that we've tried to stay out front of with this pandemic. I've got so many friends that have talked about, you know, all the, projects that they've gotten done and the landscaping and you know the work on the house and I'm going no like you, how, how are you and I'm like we got nothing done in a project that's probably been completed you know there's something that I might have tried on a Saturday afternoon just to get pulled into something else didn't have that luxury and sounds like you guys were in the same boat so so yep. you know yep. As we jump into it, you know, you guys obviously, you know, you're you guys not probably you talked about, you know, fundraising. It's this is a hard time, you know, for everybody, but it is so important because like you said, people are still having, you know, you know, moms were not able to say, Hey, we're just gonna take, you know, put this, you know, baby on hold, you know, for somebody, you know, beforehand. Life still happens. And so you can't put your programs on hold. So, you know, how has that been? Has that been 
you know, I've talked to a lot of people, everybody's, you know, generally has, you know, their business plan or their, you know, disaster recovery plan. Nobody I've talked to on the show has done a pandemic plan, you know, but everybody's had to kind of figure it out. Like, how do we serve and especially, you know, all of our nonprofits, you know, how do you serve, but not physically be there, you know, or how do you do it and be safe? And yeah, how do you do these things? So is yeah. that uh, the word of 2020, you know, the pivot, you know, everybody yes. says. <laughs> I, I think the word pivot is going to be critical for 2020 and maybe even beyond. Um, so March of Dimes has been doing an excellent job of altering that pivot as we need to for moms and babies um, nationwide. Many of the programs that we've implemented in the past are not all virtual. For example, we have a program called Supportive Pregnancy Care that is just having education and your prenatal appointments in a group setting. Um, all of those programs used to be in person pre-COVID, and now we were able to virtualize all of them so that moms and babies can still get the help they need, the resources they need, and the access to the quality care they need. Um, these are critical health programs. And so instead of just bringing all of them to a halt, we've had to literally um, alter their format and their implementation guides. Um, but our healthcare providers, the hospitals we work with, our volunteers have been excellent throughout this entire um, situation, this, this crisis. Um, they've been helping us to pivot um, from being from in-person to virtualizing things. And as you mentioned before, moms are not going to stop having babies, right? Families still have to keep going. We still have to have healthy moms and strong babies. And so um, because of that, the equity factor, um, meaning we want all babies to have the best chance, the, the, the healthiest start they can possibly have, it's actually increased, right? Because we know that um, pregnancy um, already brings on a lot of emotional and mental stress, stress on the body, right? And so we have to make sure that um, moms are being extra careful during this COVID pandemic. They're taking more precautions than they would usually take during a pregnancy because we know that there's already a lot of underlying health conditions that can lead to adverse birth outcomes. And COVID's just one extra one, right? And so, um, as I mentioned before, ac equity, access to quality health care, and then preventing a lot of the underlying health conditions that we know um, would create adverse health outcomes is our huge focus right now. We also have a COVID fund um, that's going to go towards research for moms and babies during the COVID period. We know this is going to be a huge shift for you know, the nation, um, but it's also going to prepare us better um, just in case future things happen that are similar to this. And so um, our morbidity rates are actually down, which is a great thing for infant mortality, but our prematurity rates have actually gone up for the fifth year in a row nationwide, including for those moms and babies that live right here in Louisiana um, and also in Baton Rouge. And so a lot of our data collection and whatnot is pivoting towards figuring out um, how COVID is impacting um, stress and physical, um, you know, disparities and whatnot during the perineal period, which is just the period when someone is pregnant or trying to become pregnant. It would seem, you know, we're here, you know, for, you know, most of, I think, people watching the show are here in South Louisiana, but you never know. But we used to make a joke, you know, that it would always, you know, when you'd have the hurricanes or people would be, you know, things would go, you know, south and people would go home you'd end up you know maybe it's just a thing i grew up people would say you know you'd have end up nine months from now a lot of you know hurricane babies you know because people were stuck at home do we think that that is anybody looked at that like we've sent people home like nine months ago you know or you know eight months ago seven months ago to where you know maybe we get you know there's a spike down the road you know that we should be looking for or has anybody thought of you know that? That's a very interesting topic. And we don't have any data that would suggest that just yet. But in probably another year or two, we will be able to compare 
um, live births, not only in the U.S., but in Louisiana and in specifically Baton Rouge to, to compare to see if we had an increase than our typical average number of births. Right now, we're not seeing that. Um, but we do know that getting care to these women it's a little trickier now because most of our visits are telehealth, right? Um, so women are not physically going into the physician's office as much as they would during a typical pregnancy. Um, and so we, we may see some pivots in, those, in that data, but we're not quite sure yet, but it's a very interesting time set because I, I do understand um, the hurricane babies and whatnot when you're just stuck in a house for a year, you know, there's not much else to do. And so um, we'll see what the future holds. Yeah. Up, but we don't have any, uh, you know, stats. But on it would seem, I would hope, you know, it would seem, you know, you've got the headset and I've got some AirPods, you know, we're all sitting here, you know, we've gotten used to Zoom. I've used Zoom for years and I've used it for years to the point where I could, but I could never get anybody locally. Like if I wanted like to do a Zoom call with somebody here in town, they'd be like, what are you talking about? It was always people, you know, in the tech industry and we got some, you know, ties there, but now everybody knows it and it would seem, you know, I can tell you, I haven't seen it in a while, but like in the very beginning when everybody was kind of working from home and doing telemedicine, I saw it so many times, like especially on the show and then just with people where I would see like a 14-year-old kid would pop up on the Zoom at first and then be like, here, mom, it's working, you know, and like hand the phone or hand the computer over. Somebody else's parents didn't know. Is that, you find, you know, you're talking where I'm coming back on this point is now that people are knowing the telehealth and you've moved some programs, do you feel that that ultimately has been a help to where you can reach more people faster or it's less cumbersome for someone to get to you or they can reach? It would seem like, you know, I'm a business owner, so I'm wired to be an internal optimist. It seemed like this would be a good thing when it's all shaken out. Maybe. Not the pandemic. I don't mean that. But the fact of where you've been able to pivot and be able to provide these services, like you said, that were in person, they're now virtual. So. Yes, and I can come from the uh, mission side with this first. Um, so there's pros yeah. and cons. So the pros are, as you mentioned, yeah. virtualizing. You would think that everyone would have access to this virtual world. But unfortunately, some portions of our state, specifically rural areas, they may not have Wi-Fi connections. They may not have appropriate devices to connect to physicians or other programs and whatnot. So we still have a lot of work to do in getting everyone connected, if you will, because this new get on the grid trend is happening. And we realize that if everyone is able to connect at some point, it would be much better because, as you mentioned, our programs can reach more people. Um, we have what we call It Starts With Mom. It's a virtual live campaign on Facebook and YouTube to where we give educational topics to moms all over the nation for free um, on an ongoing basis. And these are available on our website as well. Um, but the, as I mentioned, the con to that is that you actually have to get connected to be connected. And that requires um, resources, fundraising and things like that, and advocacy for those rural areas that don't have um, resources at their fingertips. Um, but the pros are that eventually, yes, folks who were not able to get to a doctor's appointment who may have had high blood pressure or some other underlying health conditions, they can sometimes assess themselves at home and be able to call a doctor faster. The doctor can do a video conference with them to, you know, see what things look like. Um, and they can assess whether that person is in an emergency state or can keep going and whatnot. And so we are thinking that um, in the future, we'll have some data on this, hopefully um, in the next few years to see if those um, underlying health conditions and those emergency situations decrease because doctors were able to sort of virtually assess um, their clients that it's, wouldn't have been able to come into um, hospital or clinical settings. It's funny you mentioned it. Um, I was talking, we had a previous 
guest, maybe it blurs together. I was talking with someone, maybe they were a guest, maybe they weren't on the show, but they were saying that it was surprisingly how many people they were during the pandemic, they've been able to bring and get off of blood pressure medicine. And I was like, what? And they said, ultimately, it comes down to what they called white coat syndrome, where people would have to go into the doctor's office and would get just this anxiety and they'd be worried on what the blood pressure was going to be and it was higher. But what they found when they were doing the telehealth, you know, medicine visits, they were taking blood pressure and they were talking, it went away. Like their blood pressure was, you know, elevated because they were going into the doctor because they were nervous of something and being able to do the telemedicine. Like they said, it was shocking how many people were coming off the high blood pressure medicine because they really didn't have a high blood pressure. It was just every time they went to the doctor, they did. So I thought that was interesting. You know, I never would have thought yeah. about it before. So, and, and on the flip side of what Renee just said, as far as being virtual um, from the development fundraising side, it has been a challenge. Um, as you know, the March of Dimes relies on partnerships, uh, corporate sponsorships, family teams, community um, to continue to provide the resources for the programs that Renee just uh, briefly talked about. And most of these things are in-person events. These are times that we all come together to celebrate and people look forward to that. So the flip side of that this year has been, we can't, we can't have the events. We can't come together and see each other's face and give a warm embrace. So we've been relying heavily on the virtual side. And so we've been trying to do virtual events and bring people together um, over the computer. But then we have the problem of Zoom fatigue. And it's a lot of people that they're just tired of Zoom. And so saying that we're gonna celebrate via Zoom, it's just not of interest to them. So it has been a very challenging year for us um, financially as far as fundraising for those particular reasons. Now, we still had our faithful partners that they're there no matter what, with an event, without an event. But it's those that we, those families that we wanna keep engaged, the ones that we are really, really uh, driving for and, and fundraising for that we really wanna keep engaged that I think are a little more challenging because of the Zoom fatigue and the virtual part of it this year. You know, yeah, when it first started, you saw everybody having their virtual happy hours and, you know, their team, yes. <laughs> all that stuff kind of just, yeah. it wound down, you know, the sizzle's gone, you know, now and it's yeah. a, it's another Zoom call and you can find yourself sitting all day in front of a Zoom call. And I think, you know, we crave interaction with people, you know, and we need it. And so, so, you know, you guys are helping, you know, in more ways than a lot of people know that's one thing I've been trying to, you know, as I've talked with more and more of the nonprofits in our community, so many people don't realize, you know, that they just assume, you know, kind of, we talked about before that they assume that, Oh, it's March of dimes have been around forever. They'll be fine. You know, that's not always the case. You know, it's, we still need to help and every little bit helps, you know, that, you know, you can do because these programs are so important. It's, they're there because there's not a for-profit company that can you know, jump in and provide those services because it, the model doesn't work possibly, you know, and so they need, you know, people like yourselves. And so how people can, you know, I guess, you know, we've talked, I had a bunch of people on, we talked about, you know, when we had the uh, giving day, you know, uh, which was, I think yesterday. So kind of dated the show, you know, today's the second. Um, but a lot of people, needed to realize and we we saw that that was you know successful it was it helped a lot of people 
you know, just give a little bit. That's what's hard. I think a lot of people don't realize is it's like, I want to help, but how can I help? So I think y'all were part of giving day, weren't you as well? Yes. Yes. There we go. So, so I think that what I liked about that was it made it easy for people, you know, to make that, you know, $5, you know, donation or, you know, the dollar, you know, whatever it was, you know, it made sense. So tell me, you know, is there anything on the horizon coming down the pipe, you know, that you guys are working on, you know, right now from a fundraising or, you know, what's the big initiative, you know, what can we do as a community? What can we help with? Sure. So speaking in the now, um, as you may or may not be aware, November was prematurity awareness month, um, Mm -hmm. the entire month of November, we try to bring awareness to the issue. Um, And so one of the fundraising efforts this year, because November is usually our fall campaign, we usually do what is called a signature chef's auction. And it's an in-person chef's led event fundraiser. Well, of course, we couldn't do that this year. So we shifted our focus solely to our mission. And so the entire month of November, we pushed our our mission. We wanted to make sure people really understood the work that we're doing in the community and how it helps so many. And so that month, we was the opportunity to give just to support the mission. Any size gifts, um, we had corporate partners that stepped up, made sizable gifts, People um, from the community, individuals, uh, teams, families, they made gifts the entire month of November. And so what we're doing is we're pushing that campaign through the end of the year. Although Prematurity Awareness Month is gone, the mission is not. And so we're going to continue to push that through the end of the year. So anyone interested in just making a mission gift is welcome to do that. They can go to marchofdimes.org to make that happen. Um, And going into the new year, which we are all so hopeful that things will look a little bit different um, and we'll able to do a little bit more than we were in 2020. Spring is our March for Babies event. And that is a huge celebration for our community. Um, It is over, you know, 80 years old almost. Um, Started as Walk America. And so it's now called March for Babies. And um, we do it every year. So we're hoping, we were hoping to get together, but because of all the uncertainties, we're going to be virtual again in in, um, the fall. And so that will be an opportunity still for families to team, to team fundraise, companies to fundraise and give. Um, And it's usually a big event that culminates with a big corporate virtual event sometime in May that we'll all come together and celebrate. So we're still fundraising. Please know that we're still fundraising and please know that we still need your support. It just looks a little different until we can get back to that in-person event again. Gotcha. Yeah. I think everything's a little different and it'll probably look a little (laughs) different for a while, but um, yes. Funny thing. I was telling somebody that the other day that yeah, things are different, but they're starting to feel normal almost, you know, it's, (laughs) It's um, it's normal jumping on a Zoom call or ten a day at this point, and so it's normal. It's um, we're hitting the I'm getting the text and the calls of you know this is canceled, you know this family event is canceled, this is you know canceled, you know getting things all the way. We got something you know in February, you know it's like no look, we were trying to have it, but it's too close and just not there. So I think we're here for the long haul. And I think if we, I think as a, you know, as people, as a group, we need to stop 
Like a lot of people said, well, I'm just kind of ready for it to get back to the way it was. But forget it, you know, at this point, you know, this is how, you know, I'm not saying that this is the way it's going to be forever, but it's like, stop wishing or waiting. You know, we still have programs. Moms are still having babies. We still need to help. You know, we still need, you know, to fundraise. We still have to figure these things out. We can't just kind of sit down and wait the clock to tick by. And so I think it's amazing what you guys are up to. Um, like I said in the beginning, a lot more important stuff than I am. So. I must give props to the March of Dimes as an organization and uh, their ability to pivot so quickly um, with so many things and all the chaos going on in 2020. We were actually the first organization to try the virtual event in 2020, and it was a huge success for our March for Babies. So, of course, we didn't get the uh, same result that we would have had it been an in-person event. But um, because of the pandemic and all of the different things that were going on quickly, you know, they thought about it and they pivoted to um, getting a, a walking app and getting all these things in place just to make it easier for our partners and our community to still feel a part of our mission and still feel like they were making a difference, which they are. So I really wanted to say hats off to uh, the March of Dimes for making that happen and being a leader in that field. Yeah. Well, it's a good field to be a leader of because we need it. The leader, we yes. need that you know leadership there. And that's amazing just to see how y'all move these programs. So yeah. you know, Renee, anything that you can think of that, you know, we hadn't covered them that, you know, I was always like, you know, like I said, you know, what can we do to help? What do we need to let people know? Um, you guys have a million things going on. Um, <laughs> a lot of initiatives, a lot of work. Um, we know people need to remember to continue to give, you know, if they have the means. If they don't have the means, is there a way for people, you know, maybe you guys need some volunteers, you know, does that help, you know, at any point? Yes. So from the maternal and infant health side of things, um, we are run. We are volunteer led. Um, our volunteers are our core. Um, so if anyone is interested in serving on any, of our, on any of our committees or taking a leadership role for any of our virtual events, we more than welcome um, any and all who's willing to stand up for the health of moms, moms and babies. We have several initiatives going on right now, as you mentioned. Um, one in particular is called Blanket Change. It's our initiative around maternal mortality, which is the situation where unfortunately a mom or a woman loses their life. Um, from a pregnancy related condition or during childbirth. Um, so our blanket change event, um, I'm, I'm sure you're fam familiar with the receiving blankets that you typically see a baby wrapped in at the hospital mm -hmm. um, going home. And so um, we know that we want every baby in a blanket to be attached to a mother. And so we're trying to change um, the results and the data behind how many mothers are losing their life as a result of preventable conditions that are taking place um, in clinical and hospital settings or even at home settings um, during childbirth. So that's one that we have. Um, we also have um, our initiatives called It Starts With Mom. And these are really, as um, Susie mentioned prior, virtual events where moms can come together um, and talk about several different topics that are impacting mothers um, during COVID as well as pre-COVID, um, balancing work life and family life. Um, driving yourself up the career ladder, um, managing a household, managing stress. You'd be surprised that although we have been insulated in the house for some time now, stress among mothers, it's not going down because guess what happens when kids aren't in school, right? Stress goes home. up. 
guess what happens <laughs> when you have to, you know, prep all the meals and prepare for your own mental health as well. Stress goes up. And we know that when stress goes up in our physical bodies, our birth outcomes decrease, right? They get worse and worse and worse because the health of the mother is completely and 100% attached to the health of that baby. So we have to make sure that our moms and our women are as healthy as they can be even before they decide to get pregnant or while they're becoming pregnant. Um, it's, it's critical. And in the research and the data says it 100%. And so um, we have many initiatives across the board for advocacy as well. We're trying to make sure we're changing um, laws that will better help moms and babies have healthier lives. So workplace accommodations, expanding um, Medicaid um, for postpartum mothers and things like that. And so all of these can be found on our March of Dimes website. So marchofdimes.org and you can figure out how to get connected um, to our local market here in Baton Rouge as well as the, you know, the state as a whole. But we have several that we would love everyone to come apart with if you don't have any actual funds to give. We still want your time, your expertise, and your passion because we know that our future relies on it. Our babies and our moms are actually literally relying on us. I told someone the other day we were having a conversation that, you know, there's so many groups that do need volunteers. And unfortunately, there's so many people that have lost, you know, their jobs, you know, during this that don't just – it not trying to tell people what to do, but don't just sit at home, you know, go out and volunteer somewhere. You'll be surprised at who you'll meet. You might meet, you know, your next, you know, career. You might meet someone who knows someone that can help you. You're not going to get it just sitting at home. And if you can do some help along the way, you know, it's, I've said it on the show a million times, you know, one of my, my favorite quotes, you know, is you can have anything and everything you want in life, as long as you help enough other people get what they want first, you know, from, you know, Zig Ziglar. And so if, if we can, if we can help, you know, people. And if people can take the time, like I said, if it's not monetary, if it's just their time itself, it goes a long way. Sometimes maybe even helps a little more, you know, that way. So I hope this can help spread the word. I hope we can, you know, I hope this helps, you know, whatever we can do. That's what we're here for. So anybody think of anything? Nothing we're missing here. Yes, I think we've uh... um, in the in the community. If there are business folks out there that are looking for a board to serve on, we do have a local Watch of Dimes board as well, and we are interested in speaking to anyone who's interested in serving on a board. So please okay. just send them my way, and um, we can see we have different committees and everything that they can um, pick and choose where they'd like to serve. So that opportunity does exist. That's a good one. That's a great way to serve and a great way to meet people as well so yes. well guys yeah. you've got as we've said more important things to do than sit around and talk to me <laughs> um i appreciate you taking some time out of your day you know to kind of you know fill me in fill all of our you know viewers watchers listeners you know yes. fill everybody in on kind of what's going on we'd love to have you back if there's anything you know as some of these things materialize and get a little closer and if there's you know a message we can get out we'd love to have you back but I'll let you, you know, get back to your day and do the important work and stop wasting time with me. So. Thank you so much, Brandon. This has been a great opportunity. We really, really appreciate you. Thank you so awesome. much. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. Y'all have a great day. You too.